the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you so very much for joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. My kingdom for a third hour, or maybe a fourth, or maybe a fifth on a day like this. It's Thursday, the second morning of the month of May in the year of our Lord, 2019. Also, by the way, the National Day of Prayer, something we are going to address in just a while. And I'm going to be playing for you something we discussed yesterday, which is a prayer offered up by FDR. Um, as our troops, our bravest, literally the greatest generation, uh, stormed the beaches of France in order to liberate Europe and stop the Nazi regime uh, on June 6, 1944. So uh, the National Day of Prayer is going to be commemorated by one of our greatest prayers. That prayer, by the way, is what we are continuing to fight uh, to be able to have added to the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C., as we discussed yesterday with Pastor Chris Long. I thought today would be a great day to play that prayer, in case you have not heard it, as it was read live uh, by uh, FDR uh, to the United States of America. So that is coming up a little bit later in the program. We've got big guests today. Coming up in a half an hour, we're going to talk to Ryan Morrow, uh, Clarion Project, Clarion's Intelligence Network, and get his thoughts on the significance of the President of the United States joining so many important national security-minded conservatives in the Congress who have called for a terrorist, foreign terrorist organization designation for the Muslim Brotherhood. So Ryan Moore is going to talk about that. President Trump has now said this is what should happen. We got the terror designation for the Iranian uh, military, uh, their elite Republican Guard or the, or the Revolutionary Guard, uh, whatever they want to call themselves. But we got that designation, and now it's time for the Muslim Brotherhood. So we'll get into that with Ryan Morrow. At uh, 10.05, Dr. Everett Piper joins us once again on the culture wars. And yes, there is a war going on within our culture for the soul of our culture. 
And I'll let Dr. Piper explain that coming up at 10.05. This is why I need another hour or two or three today, because that leaves me precious little time to get into William Barr, the Attorney General of the United States, and his testimony yesterday before the Senate Judiciary Committee, the unbelievable, incomprehensible, unprecedented attacks on his character, on his his professionalism, on everything about him from Senate demon rats. Uh, it was ridiculous. And William Barr handled them all like the only adult in the room. He really did. He embarrassed them. It was a bad day. Hugh Hewitt's right. It was a bad day for the Democrats yesterday, or demon rats yesterday, on the Senate judiciary side. Today, William Barr is supposed to speak on the House judiciary side. Not going to happen. Why? Because of lying Jerry Nadler, who wants um, Attorney General Barr to answer questions from staffers, meaning lawyers working for and representing the actual Democrat representatives on the Judiciary Committee, something that has never been done before. But here's no a report. return engagement for the attorney general today as Barr will not testify before the House Judiciary Committee. Democrats vowing to hold the hearing anyway and threatening a possible contempt citation against the nation's top prosecutor. All this after a feisty day of testimony in the Senate, much of it surrounding the letter from Bob Mueller to Barr, which many on the left said proved that Barr and his four page summary mischaracterized the Mueller report. Not so, said the AG. Now, amid calls from the left for Barr to resign, President Trump sticking by him. And why would he not? William Barr is the only man in that room following the law. All right, with the exception of uh, the uh, uh, Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman, Lindsey Graham, and perhaps uh, uh, Judiciary Committee member Ted Cruz, who fully supported and vindicated um Attorney General Barr yesterday. This was, I mean, I cannot tell you how much, uh, how important what we're watching happen right now is. We're, we're literally seeing unprecedented attacks in an attempt to simply overrule the will of the American people. Unprecedented steps being taken in the House Judiciary Committee to all, is essentially to overrule the will of the American people. They are still re-litigating re-campaigning, re-fighting the 2016 election. It just can't be, they say to themselves. There's no way the American people would have picked Donald Trump over our glorious Hillary Clinton unless they cheated, unless they conspired. And we got to prove they conspired. And I know we hired Bill Mueller, or Bob Mueller to uh, prove that he conspired, and he spent two years and $25 million trying to prove it and couldn't, but we got to prove it. So let's relitigate the entire thing. Let's go through every single word of the Mueller report and every underlying document and do something with it that he didn't do. Because there's no way we lost that election. That's where they are. Friends, narrow this down. In a nutshell, every word you hear from a demon rat on Capitol Hill today, and that I don't mean today as in physically Thursday, I mean at this point in time, is all driven by, there's no way we could have lost that election. That's it. They just still refuse to believe that the American people could pick Donald Trump. Didn't happen, couldn't happen, wouldn't happen, never happened. All right happened but didn't happen legally couldn't happen legally wouldn't happen legally that that's all this is and it's just painful 
Now, as you heard in that clip from Fox News, you hear the Democrats, and this is what the, the, uh, the demons all essentially were using yesterday to try to hammer William Barr. And by the way, the Attorney General, like I said, the only adult in the room, he handled them, I don't know, it played them, in my opinion, like a, like a grand piano, like a baby. He was just phenomenal. But they're all saying, we have evidence. We have evidence now that your summary that you issued to the American people was skewed in favor of Donald Trump, and it wasn't exactly what Bob Mueller's report said. So how dare you? Well, number one, what does it matter? It has been released. Any American can go and read the Mueller report and decide for themselves if they agree with William Barr's summary. And then they can use that information to, I don't know, practice democracy. In 18 months, there's going to be an election. And they can, if they decide that they didn't like what they heard, they can vote against President Trump. And if they decide everything was on the up and up, President Trump is our duly elected president, they can vote to reelect him. It's, it's up to the American people. What Bob Mueller's summary said is irrelevant at this point. But having said that, they're lying about what Bob Mueller's summary actually said. His four-page summary of the 400-plus-page Mueller report um, was, was accurate. Andy McCarthy... Uh, former federal prosecutor Andy McCarthy, who is now a pundit working for Fox News. Uh, he's a senior fellow at the National Review, contributor for the National Review as well. He wrote an op-ed on this, uh, it, it, telling the truth. Mueller complained to Barr about memo on key findings. That's the banner headline at the top of the Washington Post website yesterday. But when you click your way through to the actual story, if you're willing to pay through the or go through the paywall, I, on the other hand, am not. I will not give the Washington Post a nickel of my money. Uh, when you click your way to the actual story, it turns out that the headline is not true. Special Counsel Bob Mueller's complaint, which targeted Attorney General Barr's March 24th letter or summary explaining the report, is not about the key findings. It's about the narrative. Mueller's complaint is that uh, Bill Barr did not fully capture the context of Mueller's magnum opus, the nature and substance of the report. This complaint was set forth in Mueller's own letter dated March 27. The letter is a microcosm of Mueller's collusion probe. Sound and fury signifying nothing. An investigative process predicated on no criminal conduct, which generated crimes rather than, generated crimes rather than solving one. Parse carefully what you have to do with the special counsel's uh, uh, work. Mueller is precisely not saying, right, Andy McCarthy, that Barr misrepresented his key findings. He is saying that he and the Clinton-Obama minions had recruited to staff the case, wrote the letter with a certain mood music in mind. In other words... The findings of Mueller were indeed accurately represented by Barr, but he didn't give all of the context that they wanted. And as Bill Barr, I'll come back to Anthony McCarthy's words in a moment, but as Bill Barr said yesterday on Capitol Hill in that testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee, he said, if somebody asks me in, in, in a criminal trial, after a criminal trial has been ended, and a finding of guilt, for example, has been made, and I as a prosecutor come to the uh, the press and say he was found guilty, that's all they need from me. That's all they get from me. I am giving you what the jury found, the guilty verdict or the not guilty verdict, whichever the case might be. Don't ask me to then expound upon my opinions of the witnesses or of pieces of evidence. Don't ask me to retry the case while I'm telling you what the jury found. 
Bob Mueller's investigation was essentially the jury. All I did was tell you that Bob Mueller found no collusion and could not find any obstruction with which to prosecute. That's why he said no indictments, no sealed indictments, nothing. We're done. I'm just giving you his verdict. It's not my job to give you all of the underlying opinions that he offered or all of the work that he did. People can read that on their own. I was going to release it and did release it. And what's going on right now is worse than the political witch hunt that was carried out against Donald Trump. This is a hit job. I mean, this is, this is character assassination. And you better be careful if you cross Hillary Clinton. It might be actual assassination. Bill Barr could be in trouble. I say that only moderately tongue-in-cheek, of course. But seriously, this, this is worse than what they did to Donald Trump. They want Bill Barr not only removed from office as attorney general, they want him imprisoned. And all he did was his job. And he did it right, he did it thoroughly, and he did it honestly. And they couldn't lay a glove on him yesterday. Not a glove. Back to Andy McCarthy briefly. To their chagrin, Barr gave us just the no-crime bottom line. Mueller would have preferred for us to feel all the ooze of unpresidential escapades that he couldn't indict on, but wouldn't from his lofty perch exonerate. The purportedly private letter to Barr, like Mueller's purportedly confidential report, was patently meant for public consumption, thus leaked to the Post late on Tuesday. The timing is transparently strategic. The leak drops a bomb as Barr was preparing for two days of what promises to be combative congressional hearings, starting this morning. This was written yesterday. It gives maximum media exposure to Mueller's diva routine and its Democratic chorus, while the Attorney General gets minimal time to respond to asinine cries that he should be charged with perjury, held in contempt, and, of course, impeached. The Post reporters say they were permitted to review the letter yesterday. This phrasing implies they were not permitted to keep a copy, i.e., no fingerprints on the leak of a close-held document. Keep in mind that keep that in mind the next time you read one of the hagiographies hey, uh, hey about Ramrod Ramrod Straight Bob Mueller, who never plays these Washington games, no siree. The Democrats' perjury, contempt, impeachment, slander against Barr is based on the fact that in prior congressional testimony, Barr was asked whether Mueller agreed with Barr's conclusions about the report, including that there was insufficient evidence to charge obstruction. Barr replied that he did not know whether Mueller agreed. Democrats now contend Barr must have known Mueller disagreed because he had Mueller's letter. But Mueller's letter doesn't say he disagreed with Barr's conclusion. It says he was unhappy with how his work was being perceived by the public. Barr and Mueller spoke by phone the day after Mueller sent the letter. If you wade through the first 13 paragraphs of the Post's story, you finally find the bottom line. Quote, When Barr pressed Mueller on whether he thought Barr's memo to Congress was inaccurate, Mueller said he did not. Mueller said he did not find Barr's memo to Congress inaccurate, but simply felt that media coverage of it was misinterpreting the investigation. So even Mueller conceded through gritted teeth that Barr's letter was accurate. The diva just worried about the media coverage of his findings of no collusion and no proof of obstruction. And that's it. That's the end of the end of the game. Bob Mueller, and that's all yesterday's hearings should have needed. Should have been done in five minutes. Lindsey Graham should have read that. 
Bob Mueller told William Barr that he did not disagree with his findings. So any Democrat who's about to start flapping their yaps about Bob Mueller's investigation disagreeing with Bill Barr's conclusions, you're wrong. Just listen to uh, to Mr. Mueller himself. Call him if you want. But uh, the attorney general's hitting the golf course. That's how it should have played out. Of course, it didn't play out because of the political weaponization of the FBI, of the Department of Justice, that the Democrats have used until Bill Barr got there. It's 922. we got so much to do. We'll jam as much of it into two hours as we can. The Bob France Authority back after this. Bob France, here on AM 1420. The Answer. All right, 926 now, the Bob France Authority continuing on AM 1420. The answer, again, Ryan Morrow, National Security Analyst for the Clarion Project, going to join us in a couple of minutes to talk about uh, designated the de- designating, rather, the Muslim Brotherhood as a foreign terrorist organization. President Trump made that announcement this week. It set a lot of people's eyebrows to be to raised and a lot of people's jaws to dropped. Oh, my goodness. The president is going to do what radical uh, conservative extremists who recognize what Islamic extremism and terrorism is really all about. You mean a president's going to go along with that? Uh, yeah, Ryan Moore is going to talk to us about that coming up. Uh, that's his wheelhouse. Then at 10.05, uh, the culture wars as it pertains to Christianity and religious liberty uh, with Dr. Everett Piper from Oklahoma Wesleyan University. But I want to just get a couple of other quick pieces of audio for you uh yesterday you know one of the things that you you have to be careful of when you listen to and i don't know if i have time for these audio or not one of the things you have to be careful when you listen of when you listen to these uh demon rats is to listen to not only what they say but how they say it and what their tone is and what you heard yesterday if you watched any of it you know here's what i really need to know i i, I sometimes fall into the trap even after 21 years of talk radio I sometimes fall in the trap of assuming that you watched what I watched. That you're as into this and as dialed in as I am. So I don't know if you watched much of the bar testimony on television yesterday before the Senate Judiciary Committee. But if you listen to what um, what uh, Maisie Hirono, for example, the senator from Hawaii said, and how she said it to Attorney General Barr, telling him that he is a liar who should resign because he is not doing the United States of America justice. Uh, it, it got so bad that the Senate or, uh, Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham had to cut her off, had to cut her off and tell her, you have slandered this man for the last time. Now, if you want to ask questions, I will allow you to ask questions. If you want more of this, you're not going to get it, because he, of course, appropriates the time to the uh, members of the committee. And it was just so bad listening to uh, listening to her, listening to Cory Booker, listening to Kamala Harris, listening to others. Uh, uh, it, it, you know, John, there were some Republicans who used their time solely to not question Attorney General Barr, but to simply allow him to repair his reputation, simply to allow him to respond to these attacks that they would not allow when it's, quote-unquote, their time. My friends, my point in all of this is we are fighting a war almost every day with people who want to take this country apart. And I know that sounds hyperbolic, and I know that sounds melodramatic, 
And I'm not trying to be. I swear I'm not. I'd rather talk about peaceful things today. I'd rather talk about local things in the state of Ohio. I'd rather talk about Mike DeWine wanting to take your guns away. Mike DeWine supporting a red flag law. The the supposed conservative Republican governor that we just elected wanting to side with gun control activists and, and without any without any due process whatsoever, take guns out of people's hands. I'd like to talk about that today, but I can't, because we're fighting a war by way of Washington, D.C., and there is a party, literally, in this country right now, one of the two major parties, the Demon Rat Party, otherwise known as the Party of Death, P-O-D, Pods, otherwise known as the PPO, the Party of Perpetual Outrage, they are trying to take this country apart. At its core, its foundation. And what they're doing to the rule of law, what they're doing to the Attorney General, what they're trying to do by invalidating, trying to invalidate a presidential election in 2016 is unprecedented. This has never been done before, and if it is allowed to be done now, our country will never be the same. It's that serious. So if you're not watching these things like I am, if you're not paying attention, if you're not listening, you need to be. Or at the very least, you need to be where you are now, listening to the Bob France Authority, so that I can lay it all out for you to the best of my ability. We're back after the news. All right, something must be a little bit glitchy here. I'm not hearing anything, but I am told we are on the air. So uh, we'll move forward here. It's 936, the Bob France Authority continuing. On AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, we are going to be talking in just a moment or two with Ryan Morrow, who is the National Security Analyst for the Clarion Project. He is also the uh, the director of the Clarion Intelligence Network. And Ryan uh, has been talking about our next subject for a long, long time. And that is the need for the United States of America to designate the Muslim Brotherhood as a foreign terrorist organization. There have been bills sponsored by conservative Republicans who understand the threat of the Muslim Brotherhood and their offshoots um, in both houses of Congress. But we have not had a president of the United States indicate any willingness to do this until this week. President Donald Trump has said, according to multiple reports, he does want to designate the Brotherhood as a foreign terrorist organization. So we wanted to reach out to Ryan, who I'm told is there now and ready to go. Ryan uh, Morrow from the uh, Clarion, Clarion Intelligence Network and the Clarion Institute. Good to have you back, my friend. Clarion Project, rather. Uh, good to have you back, my friend. How are you? Very well. Thanks for having me. Okay, Ryan, let's, uh, let's, uh, you know, I want to go back before we talk about what the president has said now this week, which is really stunning to a lot of people. Um, you and I have had this conversation for a long time. We have worked together in some ways to try to reach Ohio representatives to get them to co-sponsor bills in the Ohio House. Uh, and of course, not the Ohio House, in the uh, United States House of Representatives, but to get Ohio reps to co-sponsor bills that would indeed designate the uh, Muslim Brotherhood as a foreign terrorist organization. Uh, we've had a little bit of movement on that. We've gotten some names on it. There have been movements, uh, has been movement on the Senate side as well, as Ted Cruz and others have pressed forward on this. But we've never had a president uh, indicate a willingness to do this until now. Let's go back and, and maybe remind everybody of exactly why you believe, and I believe, and others, uh, that the foreign terrorist organization designation should apply to the Muslim Brotherhood. Sure, this is an easy one. So the Muslim Brotherhood has been referred to as the mothership for terrorist organizations. Many come out of them, and most specifically, Hamas was founded as an official branch of the Muslim Brotherhood. 
So if you look up any Muslim Brotherhood website, they acknowledge that they have chapters around the world, all of which are required to follow the leader's orders uh, in Egypt. And so Hamas being a subcomponent means that the Muslim Brotherhood overall is a terrorist group, and they, of course, have connections to other groups. And the fact that they're not designated is why they're able to operate legally in the United States. And it's difficult even to get an investigation started into a Muslim Brotherhood-linked entity because someone could always say, well, the Brotherhood's not a terrorist group. I didn't know I was doing anything wrong. And that makes it very difficult to even kickstart an investigation. Ryan Morrow joining us, the chairman of the Clarion Intelligence Network. Ryan, uh, talk about the progress that you and I had, uh, well, you primarily, but uh, you know, ever since you and I became acquainted a few years ago, uh, I've been trying to reach out to members of uh, Congress in the state of Ohio to get them to co-sponsor this as well. Uh, can you give us an update on where that has been in the last few years? I think it's been very quiet, really, at least in the last couple of years, um, the movement to, to make this de- designation. But there were bills that were being sponsored in both houses. Can you give us an update on where that is? Sure. So led by Senator Ted Cruz and a congressman in Florida, uh, they were frustrated with the fact that this designation was not happening under the Obama administration, and then it ended up not happening until now. Uh, under the Trump administration, so they presented a bill in Congress that would basically require the government to designate them as a terrorist group or explain how they do not fit the criteria in detail when they clearly do fit the criteria. Um, And so there was movement, particularly once myself and Clarion Project and you started getting involved. I mean, we had serious successes in getting congressmen involved in endorsing this bill, thanks to you, uh, Bob. So we appreciate that, but it's still stalled. And that was for multiple reasons, from the fact that the Muslim Brotherhood has tremendous political influence, even though people don't realize it. Uh, because they're backed by Qatar and Turkey, they're able to really mobilize as a special interest group, as a lobby, and influence politics. And frankly, from what I heard in, from people in Congress, the fact that Ted Cruz's name was on it, there were a lot of people, including Republicans, who just didn't want anything to do with it because they don't like Ted Cruz. Um, but then, luckily, you had President Trump, we thought, according to some reports, uh, was going to designate the Brotherhood. We got some reports that he, he was about to do it early in his administration, and then he backed off because of the heat and because of opposition from Turkey and Qatar. And at that time, the National Security Advisor, McMaster, and Secretary of State Tillerson, both of whom have since been fired. So the chances are better than ever of this passing. But I'm still, I'm not as optimistic as other analysts on this because I feel like I've seen this story before and I've seen stories where Trump was about to do something like help the Kurds and then he gets a late night phone call from Erdogan in Turkey, who he likes for some reason, and then he changes course. So until I hear that he's had that conversation with Erdogan and he's rejected Erdogan's opposition to this, I'm not going to hold my breath that this is actually going to happen. There's a fantastic recapping of uh, of the, the movement of this uh, and, and then, of course, the stall uh, offered by Ryan Morrow here. Um, yeah, for whatever reason, he likes Erdogan. 
Uh, he does, it, 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 and it makes no sense. It flies in the face of everything else that he says and does and believes. But it, it, it's my hope here, Ryan, is that he likes Mike Pompeo and he likes John Bolton a little bit more. You know, you mentioned um, McMaster and Tillerson, and they are history, and what's one of the reasons why, I think, is because of their disagreement with him on this. And now he's got people uh, who have a lot better, you know, chops when it comes to national security and foreign policy um, and who are advising the president. I mean, uh, I, I have to believe with these guys in his corner now if the president says he wants to make the, make this designation it's serious this time right so the Trump administration is very different now so they lost like a year from that entire debacle with Tillerson and McMaster um, but so, so, so that helps take some of the internal opposition away even though you're going to get a lot of institutional opposition anyway from people in the Pentagon and the State Department who have been there forever and are conditioned to opposing this type of thing and thinking that the Muslim Brotherhood is somehow some moderate ally against worse groups like Al-Qaeda and ISIS um, in their mind that they're worse because they're more blatantly and broadly violent. Um, but what sparked this movement lately wasn't Pompeo and Bolton. They, they've been supporting designating the Brotherhood since they got there, and we were all puzzled about why this wasn't moving forward. Uh, it, it was very strange. What sparked this was the Egyptian president having a conversation with Trump, and I guess they got along, and Trump listened to him, and Sisi, the president of Egypt, said to him directly, you need to designate the Muslim Brotherhood. And according to the reports out there, Trump said, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Almost as if, I mean, the, the impression you get is that that was the first time he had heard it or really thought about it, but it wasn't. His response wasn't, I fully agree with you because of these ten reasons. It was like, CC presented it to him and he said, yeah, that's a good idea. And so now they're talking about it. And so that that was the trigger. Uh, and, and that's why I raised the question of, well, what happens when you talk to Erdogan? Because it looks like he's closer to Erdogan on a personal level than CC. But maybe that's changed. Maybe CC has charmed him. Ryan Morrow joining us. Ryan is the national security analyst for the Clarion Project. He is the chairman of the Clarion Intelligence Network. Ryan, I was perusing before you came on this morning uh, a, a very comprehensive report that the Clarion Project has done on the Muslim Brotherhood. If people just go online and Google it, or better yet, follow me on Twitter because I have tweeted it as well, a link to this at the Clarion Project website. It's a Muslim Brotherhood special report. It's a 57-page uh, report. Now, Ryan, I'm going to ask you to do something that's not possible, and that's to summarize 57 pages uh, in just a couple of minutes here. But can you uh, express to people exactly why? You, I, one of the things that you said in your opening report uh, response to me this morning was you said that the Muslim Brotherhood has, a, has a, a lot of strong political influence. That's part of the problem. The fact that they do have an influence in the American government, that is exactly one of the reasons why they need to be designated as a foreign terrorist organization to get those influences out. Now, that's just scratching the surface very lightly of, of the depth of the, of the problem of the, of the Muslim Brotherhood, but give me the best thumbnail sketch summary of the MB that you can, again, that people can read in much more depth on your website. Sure. So I would summarize it by saying that terrorists are created by a jihad factory globally. Uh, terrorist groups don't operate in isolation. Uh, they, so what produces terrorist groups? It's the radical Islamic infrastructure around the world. And the Muslim Brotherhood is the biggest component of that. Now they get lavish 
state sponsorship from so-called allies like Turkey and Qatar. So what you're facing is not just the Muslim Brotherhood infrastructure with chapters in practically every single country, but also that is now combined with the resources of Qatar and Turkey. So they're a real powerhouse, and aside from the fact that Hamas is an official branch, which means that the the movement overall is a terrorist group, because just because some chapters decide not to be openly violent because it would be counterproductive doesn't mean they're not terrorists because they're still part of this entity that is Hamas. It's literally the exact same thing. And it's to the point where the top terrorism investigations of Brotherhood-linked groups find that they finance Hamas and other terrorist groups from American soil. The biggest terrorism financing trial in American history was of a Brotherhood operation to finance Hamas. But it took about 10 years to really kickstart and and get that prosecution going, even though they were under investigation. And everyone knew that this Brotherhood operation was financing Hamas because you have to justify an investigation. You've got to gather the evidence. It's very difficult to prosecute terrorist groups that know what they're doing. And by the Brotherhood not being designated as a terrorist group in the United States, we make it extraordinarily easily for the, easy for them to operate in the United States and for people to have deniability when they want to finance Hamas because they can always say, oh, I didn't know I was financing Hamas. I thought I was financing a brotherhood-like group. Or, oh, I was financing this charity that I thought wasn't brotherhood, and therefore I certainly didn't think it was going to Hamas. They can just lie, but they can get away with it because of the way that the law works right now. And so... By designating the Muslim Brother as a foreign terrorist organization, it's it, it, the equivalent. It, the importance of it to me is almost as important as overthrowing the Taliban in Afghanistan after 9/11. Ryan Morrow is our guest. He is the chairman of the Clarion Intelligence Network and the Shulman Fellow at the Clarion Project. Everything that you just said, Ryan, can be and will be dismissed by the the American left and by the Demon Rat Party as Islamophobia. You are trying to create hatred of people based on their religion, uh, and, uh, and and these people are not our enemies. These people are just you know peace-loving, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the first group that would tell you that, of course, would be CARE, the Council on American Islamic Relations. Ryan Morrow, you are just a hate monger for saying these things. And I want you to go ahead and remind people, that since we're doing kind of MB 101 this morning, about CARE's ties to Hamas and, of course, to the Brotherhood. Sure. So the Council on American Islamic Relations, which are like the bulldogs of the Muslim Brotherhood and Hamas in the United States, they're the ones that are always shouting Islamophobia just all the time to the point where very few people actually take them seriously outside of the media and politics anymore. But according to the but that matters though that matter, that, that matters largely, doesn't it? When the media takes them seriously and politicians, especially Democrat politicians, take them seriously, it really you know gives them a lot a lot of, a lot of power. Yes, yeah, and and there's even more organizations that then CARE is connected to. So in situations where CARE doesn't have the credibility to move forward on an issue, then they bring in other groups, and sometimes they won't even be Islamic ones. They'll bring in, like, a church or something to advocate on their behalf. Um, but the bottom line is that the Justice Department has openly said that CARE is a branch of the Muslim Brotherhood, 
And a common-sense reading of the evidence makes that abundantly clear. So would this designation shut down care? Maybe, maybe not. It, it, it kind of depends on the degree of the connection operationally nowadays. But it certainly makes it easier to investigate these groups. It makes it far easier for us to win the ideological battle, which is more important than anything else that we do, um, because then we can point out these connections and say, no, you're actually connected to a foreign terrorist organization. And for those that say this is Islamophobia, designating the Brotherhood is one of the best gifts to the Muslim American community you could ever give. Because these Muslim brother groups that speak in the name of Muslims actually have very little support within the Muslim American community. But Muslims who disagree with the Muslim Brotherhood agenda are not mobilized. They cannot compete with these Brotherhood-linked groups who have been established for so long and get foreign financing. They can't compete. But if you designate the Brotherhood, then you open up the door for the Muslim American community to be accurately represented and to cast away these terror-tied groups, and for us to move forward together as a single country. Ryan, very, very well said. I've asked you to do almost the impossible by trying to really summarize in a short period of time such an in-depth, in-depth subject in such a comprehensive and complex organization, but I think that's about as good as it gets. I'm going to tell people again to go to the Clarion Project website or go to my Twitter page. Uh, Ryan Morrow's tagged in it as well. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Morrow, M-A-U-R-O. I know people misspell that all the time, so I want to make sure they have that. Uh, but uh, there's, again, a 57-page a uh, comprehensive report on who and what the Brotherhood is that has been compiled by um, the Clarion Project that Ryan works with, and uh, you really need to read it. Find it. I'm on re- uh, Twitter. Ryan's on Twitter. And uh, click it and read it, and you'll understand. And perhaps you'll also make some waves in telling your member of Congress, your representatives, your senators, to support President Trump in his endeavor to get the Brotherhood named and identified as a foreign terrorist organization. It is that important. Ryan Morrow, uh, I really appreciate your time today, my friend. I know we knocked you off your schedule since we couldn't get you yesterday, so thanks so much for coming on with us today. Sure, it was great talking with you, Bob. Always look forward to talking back to back with you again. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan Moore from the Clarion Project. It's nine fifty two. Quick time out now on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Bob France here on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. All right, it's 9.57 now, the Bob France Authority continuing on this Thursday morning. May, or excuse me, a National Day of Prayer today, uh, the second day of May. We're going to have a very special prayer reading at the end of the program, or towards the end of the program, in the last 30 minutes, coming up after 10.30 at some point. Uh, and it's going to be what I talked about with uh, Pastor Chris Long yesterday, which is the FDR uh, D-Day prayer, which we are endeavoring uh, through the... Uh, Ohio Christian Alliance and other wonderful sources, including some of our elected officials, uh, to have added to the uh, World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. So you're going to hear that prayer in its entirety. It's going to be worth your listen. Trust me when I tell you that. I only have a short segment here, about a minute and a half, as a matter of fact. So I'm going to use it just to blow your mind with a piece of audio that I just can't really describe. You have to hear it for yourself to understand. This is Demon Rat... State Representative John Rogers from Alabama. So he's a member of the Demon Rat Party, and this is how he feels about babies, particularly babies that he thinks should be aborted. Please listen. 
and unfortunately we cannot hear it. I don't know why we're having glitches with this audio from time to time, but we are, and I'm going to try to give this give this to you in one more one more way because I think it is that important for you to hear. Let's try this one more time here. This is Alabama State Representative John Rogers. And we're failing on that endeavor, too. Oh, hold on. I see the problem here. One last shot at it. All I said to you, it ought to be a woman's choice. I'm not about to be as a male tell a woman what to do with her body. She has the right to make that decision herself. To rape her inset. Some kids are unwanted. So you kill them now, kill them later. You, you bring them in the world unwanted, unloved. You send them to the electric chair. So you kill them now, kill them later. Um, did I mention it might blow your mind? This Democrat state representative in Alabama just declared, you kill these kids now or you end up killing them later. If you're unwanted and unloved coming into this world, you're eventually going to be sent to the electric chair. You can make no good of your life. You can overcome nothing. You're just doomed to be killed later, so we might as well kill you now. That's what he said. Some kids are unwanted. So you kill them now, kill them later. You, you bring them in the world unwanted, unloved. You send them to the electric chair. So you kill them now, kill them later. I'm just going to let you stew in that for a few minutes here while we listen to the news on AM 1420 The End. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.